Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. birthday Good. it's two days before right now so the festivities started yesterday you said well i mean not really yesterday was it was one of the worst days i've ever <laughs> okay, had let's not talk about yesterday but the festivities have started the festivities started at the end of my absolutely shit and horrific day yesterday right um, which was actually a blessing which was but... a blessing uh, didn't feel like it at the time. Did not feel like it at the time. I like how we're not going to use a plate. We're just going to eat the cake. We're just going to... Um, just like this, exactly. Um, With two forks. And so it started yesterday when I saw that bunch of wildflowers, which cost three times the amount that I would usually ever buy flowers for myself. And oh, they're gorgeous. They look, um, like English, they look like English country garden flowers. Love that the wildflowers are some of the most expensive you can buy, but despite <laughs> the fact that they are, in fact, wildflowers. <laughs> um, so I bought those for myself, and I thought, happy birthday, me. It yeah. starts now. Happy birthday, you. Cheers. Cheers. Love you. Love you, too. Mmm. Mmm. Yummy. That's good. I wonder if they can hear the bobs. Can you hear the bobs? Mmm. Mm. So, I've been having some drinkies. Had some wine last night. You did? Yeah. A full glass? Or just a swig I from the bottle? No, I had two little, like, ramekins almost of wine. Probably a Dixie cup? Probably accounted for around a half a glass of wine in, in actuality. But spirits, not really sure. It's a shame. Gin and tonic's my favorite drink. It is? Yeah, love it so I much. I can't do gin. Why? God, it's intense. Yeah. It smells. Oh, God, I love it. It's one of my favorite things in the world, a good gin and tonic. My mother-in-law loves a good gin and tonic. You know, in England, they call gin mother's ruin. Maybe it's an English thing, then. Gives you depression. Some people feel like they get depressed the next day. I'm not laughing at depression. I'm just laughing at thinking of you and my mother-in-law having a gin and tonic together. I would love to have a gin and tonic with her. She's coming to visit. Oh, actually... Hold that thought. Yeah. Listeners, this week you're not getting the podcast that you asked for, but you're getting the podcast you deserve. 
Yes. You mangy mongrels. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> our guest had to postpone. So we're going to be saving our uh, questions for the... So, so in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so this is obviously we knew this was coming with a guest. It's not always going to be straightforward. It's not always. And then maybe sometimes we need to have backup guests just in case. <laughs> you know, because I... It's... But don't tell the guests that they're a backup guest. When, no, you know, no, 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 no. We no. can't do that. No, no, no. Um, so, sorry about the fact that this isn't the one that you asked for. Yes. But it's it's the one that you're getting. You it's deserve my birthday. It. Let's just focus on that. Good vibes, good energy. We're healing, we're moving. Happy birthday, all Cancerians. Happy birthday, all Cancerians. Summer babies. Cheers to That means your parents had sex in what? The winter? They were cold. They were freezing. That's all they had to do in England was have sex all day. And they had you. Right. Breaking news. Breaking news from the desk of Annabelle. <laughs> it's not world news. It's not important news. It's Annabelle news. Breaking news. I don't care. Okay. Major T this week, Tristan Thompson. Who's that? Baby daddy of Khloe Kardashian. Okay. Who... Already got caught cheating once. They've spent years trying to reconcile their situation. She's been taking it real slow. Hasn't come out rightly so. Her instincts were correct. Went to a party last weekend. Was shown to be entering a room with three women. (gasps) Now, listen. Even if he wasn't doing anything in the room, given what you've just gone through and all the effort that you've had to put into winning this woman and her family. Why are you going in the room with three women? Are you stupid? You th- I the think you to are. That is yeah. absolutely yes. I hate it because I love him. I think he's a sweet man. He's you do. Absolute, Let me see a picture of him. He's gorgeous. Absolute Ooh. babe. And <laughs> Chloe, great nose job. Um, so that's one bit of news I wanted to share with you. And what is her reaction? She hasn't given in a reaction. Oh. And I think that Chloe is the most stoic Kardashian, in my opinion. She's been through some Not sure real... if that's saying a lot, but okay. No, no, it is. Because she's been through some real shit. Gotta tell you, she's been through some real bad shit. Okay, there's some movement in the free bit, Britney. Um, yes, now this some... one I care about because I do know Britney personally. And I think she is the sweetest soul. And she deserves all the happiness and freedom. So free Britney. So what's going on with free Britney? There have been all of these court hearings to try and get her out of her, I can, okay, I can't say this word, conservativeship, conservativeship. That's a word. Conservativer? The thing, okay, you know, you guys know what I mean. It's the thing where. The thing that she's The dad controls everything. And conserves her, supposedly. He's actually exploiting her. So she finally got the chance to speak in court for the first time in, I believe, ages. And she was like. I have literally been gaslit beyond belief. I'm traumatized. I have realized like this whole thing is just completely abusive. They put an IUD in me against my will. I'm not even allowed to be driven around by my boyfriend. What would you do? What would like a fucking some kind of like trafficked person? How could you? What would you have to live for? What's there to? Where's the hope in that? I mean, when's it gonna? So that is such Change. a great point. That is such a great point. Bless her fucking heart yeah. that she has made it even alive exactly. to this point in that situation. I would have cracked. I honestly would have cracked. I know. Bless her fucking heart. Yeah. Anyway, so hopefully now that she's given this Oof. 
speech at the hearing and given all of this evidence, but apparently it's almost next to never do people get out of these things. However, wow. I think that given... Can you believe that's a thing? Given, I mean, it's... I'm, like, I'm sure it's necessary in some situations. For old people. But not in this situation. Old people, truly mentally ill people. The parents have, like, been telling people that she has like dementia and shit and she's like i teach my dancers their routines i do not have dementia exactly i have like, spent a lot of time with her one-on-one the girl does not have dementia she's just traumatized she's tra- and in an abusive situation you can literally see that it's like she's got you know like sober eyes cult eyes there's like eyes people have the glassy eyes the glassy eyes yeah. she's got that thing yeah yeah she, the britney, fear behind the britney eyes Spears is clearly fucked up yeah wouldn't you be? Yeah. Wouldn't you be taking medication to fucking survive? You're trapped in your own home every day. You can't access your own money. You can't Not do only are anything. you one of the most famous people in the world, but then you have a clampdown like that, which is difficult to survive for any of us. It's, I don't it's know a how crazy, she does crazy life that she's been come here in this lifetime to learn learn about what... Tell me why you know Britney Spears, because I've so, been meaning to ask this of you since you yeah, slightly I, dropped it in conversation a few weeks ago, like it was not, not a big deal. I know I've talked about her a couple times in the past. I know Britney because I um, am really good friends with her cousin, Allie. And through Allie, I met Britney, and it was a really, really wild thing. But no, I'm no stranger to this kind of thing where you're around somebody who's incredibly famous and you disassociate the person from yeah. the famous version of them. Yeah. Because with my dad and just being in that world. Yeah, it's easy to do. I've been around famous people my whole life. So that's always been my rule is that there's you and then there's your the public. You. Yeah. I hope you like this cake. <gasps> Fucking excited. It's What's just that her? it's vanilla with chocolate fudge. Something. Oh my god. Is it delicious? It really is. Let me take a big bite of this. It's actually nice. Mmm. It's so fluffy and I made light. it. No, you didn't. I made it. No, you never. <laughs> so So you were able to be around her without being so, like, oh my god, it's Britney's bears. Without being like Yeah. It's Britney bitch. Well yeah, because Britney came out when we were teenagers. Mm-hmm. I'm a little older than you. Only by her. Her and I are the same age. And I was one of those people at her concerts screaming like a Beatles fan and pulling my hair out. I mean, I was obsessed with her when she came out. Loved her. Everybody was. She changed our lives. She really did. She really changed so much for our generation and influenced us so much, I think. And, And then when I started spending time with her... Her and I would go to dance class together. Aww. <laughs> and so you were like really mates with her. I was, yeah. And and she kept wanting... It's hard for her to be alone with someone because she's always surrounded by people. Yeah. As many famous people are. You know, you're never alone in the house. There's there's bodyguards. There's cooks. There's mm-hmm. assistants. Housekeepers. Housekeepers. Childminders. All these things. And... She kept asking me to go on these one-on-one little Aww. dates. And so we I remember one time we went to dance class. A couple a lot of times we went to dance class. And it blew me away because she's just 
a girl. She's just a girl, just like any, any of us. She just wants to blend in and be a human. And we went to the class. But it's a strange thing because it was a self-esteem issue for her that I saw. And I recognize it for myself as well. So I say this with compassion. She didn't want to take dance class with everybody in the general class, which is understandable because people would be staring at her. Fine. Yep. So we went, we would go up into this private room okay. that was at Millennium Dance Studio. I don't know if you've ever been there, but no. look, there's a private room on the upper level where you look down on the dance class so that whoever... You look down on the peasants. You look down on the peasants yeah. because if you're Michael Jackson and you're auditioning dancers and you don't want them to see you... And you don't want anyone to see what you're doing when you're Michael Jackson. <laughs> or it's in sync. Whoever's auditioning the dancers, casting directors... <laughs> goes up into this room. Into the private room. And that's where we would take dance class. Hey, pass me that. And it was this story's getting bloody good. <laughs> and thank you. And so yeah, we took dance class, but in that private room a lot. And she'd say, "Oh, go in front of me." And she, you know, she wouldn't want me to watch her dancing. Aww. But it's like, girl, you're the best dancer in the world. Fucking come on! I know. You know those abs she had. Own it! Wow. Oh my god! With a snake, remember that snake? So that was yeah, the snake. So that was pretty funny. That was a pretty funny. How long experience. was your friendship with Brittany? My Smith? friendship with her was about a year. And then year, how? Year what and happened? A half. What? Why did you stop being friends? Um, we stopped being friends because she was having a really hard time mentally, and. Was this during when it was all kicking off? Yes. Okay. It was after the shaved head and the umbrella with yeah. the paparazzi. Was okay. that an umbrella she was hitting people with or something? Yeah, iconic moment in my yeah. opinion. Did you watch the documentary yet? No, I can't you yet. you got to watch I it. I know, I know I'm going to be so emotional. It is emotional, yeah, but you must watch it. Um, and... Yeah, she she was having a very hard time mentally, and and I and I'm not saying that to dish on anybody. I'm saying that with compassion because this show, we've talked a lot about self care, self love, mental health, mental health, and this really ties in with all that. I remember one day at her house, we were laying out by the pool, and we were talking about books and spirituality, mm-hmm. and she disappeared, and I couldn't find her. She didn't come back for like a half hour. Okay. And this was kind of normal. This would happen a lot. And I searched the house and I found her in a bathroom Mm -hmm. and all the lights were out Mm -hmm. and she was crouched down by the toilet and she was crying. And I just, I didn't know what to do. I just went to her and I sat with her and Mm. I put my arms around her in the dark Mm. and I said, why are you crying? Mm. And she said, it makes me cry. She said, I'm so alone. And I do this every day. I cry like this in the dark every day. And I said, I know you don't know me that well. But I just want you to know that I'm here. Yeah. Whatever I can do for you, you can trust me. Yeah. And I just held her for a long time. It was the wildest moment with someone I barely knew. Not only that, but someone that I had yeah. been wow. a super fan what of. I None of that 
None of that existed in that moment. No, in a human moment like that, of course. I mean, None of it existed. psychopath to have it exist in that moment. That would be insane. Yeah. But um, I, I just wanted to take my heart out of my chest and mm. just give it to her. And to see that she's still going through that, I just, like, anybody talk shit about Brittany, I'll punch you in the face because... <laughs> I saw that. I ass. saw that from the inside, and let me tell you how intense that situation is. There would be days where I'd have her in my car, and paparazzi would be running red lights to catch us, putting everyone's lives at risk. Scum of the earth, aren't they? Paparazzi? Scum of the earth. They would be on my car hood. One man was getting in the car with me. His camera was in the car. And I looked at him in the eye, dead in the eye. And I said, what are you doing? Yeah. Just like as a human being, what are you doing? Yeah. And I stared at him and he like slowly pulled his camera away and just backed out of my car. There was another day where I was leaving her house and they were convinced that she was in the car with me. And a helicopter followed my car for two hours so bizarre. Um, so, but why do you, what stopped you being friends that you got too close or something? Was that her dad stepped in. <gasps> her dad stepped in. I remember her manager called me because when I was on Rock the Cradle, she came to set because Larry Rudolph was yeah. one of the judges, her manager, and he brought her to set to visit me. And I remember looking over, seeing her on the side of the stage, going, well, that's interesting. I've seen Brittany on yeah. stage. Now she's seeing me on stage. It was just a lovely friendship that yeah. started between us. And it was so out of nowhere. But after that, he called me and he said, we would like, I would like you to be around Brittany because I think that you're a really positive influence for her. And I want to set up some stuff for you guys to do together. I'd like you to come to the house next week and we're going to have a movie night for you guys and you can watch, you know, Sex in the City had just come out or something. Mm -hmm. And I said, that's wonderful, Larry. I said, I think that's really smart of you because I will tell you, I am someone that you can trust with yeah. her. I see her surrounded by a bunch of nonces, as yeah. you would say in England, <laughs> or as Will says up in Manchester. Do you say that down Is in that London? Nonce. A pedophile. A nonce? Yeah. yeah it just means like a Sleaze bag. Oh, right. I see her surrounded by a bunch of sleazy people, and I'm someone that you can trust. Yeah. So, yes, I would love to. Yeah. And then her dad shut it down. Oh, he, of course. Yeah. He, Anyone he, who gets too close to her, he seems to shut down. He cut off everyone. And how did he do? Was there like a phone call? Was there an email? Or did you just get. Larry just said her dad has stepped in and it's not going to be happening. And I said, it's not going to be happening. Like your friendship, the friendship's not going to be happening. It was like, I was being ordered, like given orders about this thing. And I have been trying to reach her ever since. Oh no, you'll never be able to reach her. She would get a hold of me. She'd call me from some random number and she'd be like, I, I, I took someone's phone and I memorized your number to call you. Uh, and then the phone would be taken away from her. or so, I don't even know. I don't know what happened. But some shady shit went on, and I haven't been able to reach her since. And I've been trying. I wrote a song about her called Fly, 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 which is just about friendship. I think I've mentioned it before on the pod. I tried to get that to her just so she could hear it because she wanted to write songs with me at the piano. Yeah. She wanted to write. She wanted to be your friend. She wanted to have yeah, a relationship with you and do all the shit that friends do. Exactly. And it just wasn't going to happen. And and I, I'm still trying to get to her. You will. When I she gets so. out of this, I cannot wait 
to see the person that she's going to become yeah. when she gets out of this. I can't wait to see her be the person she was born to be. Know. Do you know what I mean? That yeah, was robbed she, from her and stopped in her tracks. Like The reason I would love for you to watch that documentary is because if you have any questions about... It's going to make me so sad. It is, but it explains so much to me. It made me understand what, what drove her mad, basically. And I, you may know that as somebody that was around her because you saw it all happening. Yeah, but I did. It's the extent of it, and like it gave the umbrella shaved head thing context. It give, gives all. She was like a uh, animal in a cage being poked, poked, yeah. poked, 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 poked. And I saw a lot of lot of really really bad things, but I'm not going to get into no, that. No, and I don't want you to. I don't. It's I not think my. It's, it's it's her private information. No, it is. But it was really really uh, a very serious situation, and during that time. Several, several of the top publications in, in, in the world came to me and offered me the cover, mm-hmm. full spreads for my own music, if I would dish on her. <gasps> Scandalous. And to every single one, I literally said, go fuck yourself. Yeah, please kindly go and They fuck offered yourself. me cover. And they said, not just cover, but for your music. Like, no one will even know that you were the source that talked about her. And I just, the The, evil, the the evil that I saw. These people will go to. The evil that I saw in the paparazzi in the press. And then you think, those people, we've said this before, those people live on your street. They're in the grocery store with us. They walk amongst us. There's no humanity in it. They don't care if the person lives or dies. No, they really don't. If they died, it would be better because they would sell more story. Yeah, I mean that week, and but. they can keep the story going for years. John Benet Ramsey's still on the cover of you know of magazines. Yeah. Anyway, fucking hell, Lucy. So free Britney. You've been sitting on that little fucking <laughs> nugget. <laughs> Jesus H. Free Britney. Um, speaking free of speaking of all this, Britney. I out crazied a crazy person on the street just now outside your house. What? There were some crazy people, and I was, and I saw them. In was my it path. that group down yeah. there? What were they doing? I was watching them out the window. I think drugs. Crack. Something. And I was nude watching them I from saw- the window. <laughs> You're always nude watching everyone from your window. <laughs> I know. It, people are worried about people watching them while they're nude in their houses, but what in this neighborhood you should be worried about is me you. nude <laughs> watching you. You don't know I'm watching you. <laughs> But I am. <laughs> so I have this tactic with crazy people where I will out crazy mm, them mm-hmm. to get them to leave me alone. And it works every time. No, it's the best. So what I do is I, because I saw them in my path and I knew I was not going to be able to walk around them. So what I do is I take the, my, my, uh, my favorite lines from a poem. Okay. And I just mutter them really loud and weird. Wow, and, and you I kind of rock back eyes. and forth. So I was, I walk by them and I'm going, Oh, night, that was my God. And I more, lo- and I acted out. Oh, night, more loving than the rising sun. Oh, night, which joins a lover to their beloved one, transforming them into each other. <laughs> I do that. I did that the other night at the gas station. Oh, my God. You this homeless man was trying to talk to me. And I lit, what, you, what I just did for you, I did to him, and he was speechless. They're just like, yeah, it's the classic response. If there's, you know, those people that come up to you and scream, just scream back. Literally just scream back. Yeah, it works. It really works. I love it. I have a technique similar to that, <laughs> but not exactly the same. And it's not for homeless people or crazy people or any it's for type. your friends. Any type of street. For your family. 
unhoused <laughs> neighbor that we may have. It is for those fucking assholes who work for charities mm. who pressure you into giving money standing outside standing outside Joe's. do you have money today for children with dying with cancer <laughs> do you have money today for orphans whose parents died in alligator um mauling accidents who also had aids and were also um just paraplegic <laughs> like do you have money for them i'm not laughing at old no, people i know of course everyone knows that um it's like yeah okay fine like fucking of course i've got fucking money for them you fucking asshole. And then if you don't give them money, they sort of pester you when you go in and out of the shop. They also look at you and it's like, you're getting paid to do this. You are not here for free. Of you. You're not a volunteer. You're getting paid actually above minimum wage to mm-hmm. do this job. You're speaking um, from a script. You're speaking from a script. So what's your tactic? Don't fucking judge me. You yeah. take them out at the knees? No. If I'm with somebody, or and if I'm not with somebody, I do it on the f- pretend phone call. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, this is a top secret. You guys are welcome in advance. And I go, oh my God, it was awful. She was vomiting everywhere. They were crying. The dad came in. He was naked. He had a boner. I was beside myself. And then I was just vomit everywhere. It was disgusting. So now I'm going to get some supplies. And I just do this whole thing and just make it sound. She was crying. And then as soon as you say that she's crying, they don't come near to you. They, I have to use that. I have to use that. But these are the lengths I'll go to in order to just say, oh, no, thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, anything to avoid the no thank you. Anything. I would rather do a performance in the street. <laughs> Exhaust <than> yourself. <laughs> and say, no thank you. So now after people hear this episode, there's going to be people all over the world that are walking into grocery stores going, oh, she vomited <laughs> everywhere and he had a big boner and he fucked her. That was sick. It was disgusting. This is going to be on the news. Um, so people they everywhere go. are having, you know, <laughs> Tourette's attacks as they're going like grocery the shopping. Foods. You guys are welcome for those two little nuggets. Um, so, but really to just round up the desk of Annabelle Jones. Oh, we're still on the news. No, 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 we're yes. finished. I think we can't top it. There are some more stories, but nothing will do better than that story that you've just told me. Mm-hmm. Um, now, um, speaking of celebrities and... Well, I wanted to do a grief check real quick. Entertainment. Grief check. Because uh, this is an emotional birthday, maybe yeah. more than others, because yeah. it's your first birthday without Ryan. Yeah. So, um, as we've said, a lot of times before the actual event, your brain is preparing for yeah. it, and that's the exhausting part. Yeah. Is that happening to you? No. Because I've learned from my mistakes, and I decided to just take control of my own happiness and I've planned a picnic on the beach with some friends I thought I can't go to Italy so I'm gonna bring Italy to me I've got a whole theme I've got party favors it's not going to be many people it's nude right naked completely naked yeah. yeah um and my color theme is like canvasy natural color white lacy and then I've got like a I've bought a fake like bust thing like a statue that's gonna go in the middle 
and there's oh. going to be like a, a lady, Ooh. and it's going to be like purple Is it flowers. A sand no, she's she's fake concrete or stone. Um, and then got like blankets and cushions, and I just thought. I'm not really like a big birthday person particularly, but this year I've sort of just focused on making it as nice for myself as possible. Yeah. And that will keep me focused and hopeful and it's a plan and it's the future and friends will be there and, you know, so it will be really nice. And anything that I can do to ease the pain of, you know, looking around the table and Ryan and Max not being there, you yeah. know, and that's that is what makes it hard, and that's what what makes the first anniversary, the first their birthday, your birthday, um, the first Christmas, all these things. These are big milestones in your grief, mm. so it's really important that you do what you can to get through them in a way that is constructive. I think. Um, obviously Max's birthday did not go well. Ryan's birthday went better, but I didn't make a plan. This time I'm making a plan and what it's teaching me is like, okay, this is working. Not, you know, I don't know what's going to happen on my birthday, but I think it's going to be a joyful, lovely day. And then it's taught me a good lesson because now I know, okay, when Christmas comes up, New Year's, I need to just make plans Mm -hmm. like well in advance. Mm. And just take control of my own happiness and that's something I'm really learning through this whole experience I mean even today I woke up in my house there was no honey no tea not none of the things that are a big part of my routine and I started grumbly whatever and I thought fuck it I'm gonna go to the shop and I'm gonna start the day again so I came back you know got all my shit started the day again at eight in the morning and that for me is just about harnessing the day and Mm. I'm in a habit at the moment where I don't turn my phone on until I've written my first pages in my journal, until I've had my cup of tea, and until I've adjusted to the day and set the tone for how I want my day to go, which is, you know, speaking about what we talked about last week, is when when you are no longer the master of your tasks. Well, it's a similar kind of thing. I want to be the master of my own happiness. So that is what I'm trying to do for my birthday. That's beautiful, Annabelle. So that's my grief check. How that, about you? Have you got any griefy... Oh, have I got any griefy stuff? Nope. <laughs> I needed to hear that about okay. the phone. I was doing that during quarantine. I remember. And it makes such a difference it in your really life. Does. And it's really about you harnessing your own happiness. Mm-hmm. Now I'm in the habit of the phones by the bed. I yeah. grab it before my eyes are even yeah. open. You're reading email Right away. You're filled up with drama mm-hmm. and noise. Instagram, text messages, WhatsApp messages. It's noise. It's just not... It's more information in the blink of an eye than we used to get in a fucking month of our lives. It is. You know, and it's, it's really unhealthy. It is, it is. And you can't hear yourself. And then you are not... In control of yes. your happiness. You're not centered. You're, you're not, not guiding anything. You're being pulled every which way. Yeah. I mean, you're, you are... It's aimless. First wide open before you've had a chance to even acclimate to, is it sunny outside? Right. How does my body feel this morning? Yeah. Did I dream? 
any of that. How am I All feeling? of a sudden, you've got fucking Stacy in the girls' Instagram group exactly. sending you a meme about a toddler, you know, knocking over a glass of wine or something. It's like, okay, don't you see this? Oh, sometimes I'm to... on Instagram and some and I'm and I and I mindlessly end up mm-hmm. somewhere on someone's page, and then I go, "How did I get here? And why am I? Why am I looking? Yeah, why am I looking at so and so's ex boyfriend's brother in law? Who? Get out of here! No." So I needed to hear that today. Thank you for the reminder. It's been a game changer because I was feeling, you know, when I was feeling very like scattered and uncentered. It's a big part of it. Huge part of it. That was the first thing I did. Completely changed my days. And I, don't get me wrong, the feeling is it's in there like, for instance, this morning, if I know I've got stuff on or whatever, that feeling to check the phone, oh, I've got to, okay, well, it can wait. It yeah. can wait fucking 20 minutes while I write in my journal. It can wait. It really can. Nothing is that important. No. We don't have children. So, <laughs> like, no. you know, unless it, a child is the exception to every single thing that we say, basically. Yeah. And if somebody died. They're dead already. They're dead. <laughs> and and you'll find out about it. Yeah, you'll find out about it in 20 minutes. In 20 minutes. When you fucking centered yourself. You'll find out. And had a chance to even know what day it is and what, whether the sun is shining. So... That's been a big, big lesson for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm feeling good about it. I know it's going to be have its moments and, you know, mm. Ryan made my birthday is really special. They were special because he always made a plan with me. Mm. And that's something he taught me that I can give to myself. Oh, yeah. So may have bought an inflatable clamshell with a pearl. Which I don't understand. <laughs> Are you, do you, do you? get inside of yeah, it yeah you get so inside. it's big yeah it's big yeah just wanted to so what if it deflates on you it may do yeah that's life baby so that's my that's what i've been doing tell me about yourself the television show i've been working on it for a year and a half is now going into pitches to get sold unbelievable so exciting it really is unbelievable it's it's i'm so proud of it but the reason that it's an important show right now and why it is going to sell is because you've heard me say it's based on my grandparents' love letters from World War II. And this is the letters that you only have one side of them. I only have one yeah. side, exactly. So, I only have my grandfather's side because he had to burn yeah. my grandmother's letters. And why was that? Because he was... Near the front lines in in France from 1943 to 1945. So he was on the beach at Normandy. And why did they have to burn the letters? Because uh, they didn't have room to carry them with them. They were walking through French countryside with just their backpack and their gear and their weapons. Yeah. So... He couldn't save them. And he mentions it a couple times in the letter. He says, I'm, I'm devastated. I had to burn all your letters. He talks about it. But, you know, in pitch meetings, they always go, well, why now? Why, why now? Well, I'll tell you why. Because this last year, we really learned what it is to be connected. Mm. Imagine a time in another crisis, World War II, which the pandemic was like a war in a lot of ways. Imagine a time when you didn't have your little phone screen to see each Mm. other's face every day. Mm -hmm. When somebody couldn't text you and expect a reply in 30 seconds. 
Mm-hmm. All they had were their letters for two years. They were separated. Imagine having to wait 45 days to receive a letter to even find out if your husband's still alive or not. I know. I can't. I, it's so weird that you're saying this. So I literally was talking about this yesterday because I was talking about how much more um, romantic love was and how relationships were completely different, marriages were completely different. Yes. Um, During times when, for instance, in, let's just say, our lives, if this was 18, whatever, okay, we would be traveling around, we'd be doing our things, we'd be on a boat, we'd be here, we'd be there. The reason I was talking about it, okay, gross, but I'm going to tell you, Napoleon (laughs) used to write his wife and he, no, Napoleon wrote to his wife when he was coming home and he said, I'm coming home, don't bathe. Because he liked her to be so smelly. The French are wild people. (laughs) They really are. So, and I was like, imagine that. Like, imagine... First of all... That's very Henry Miller and Anis Nin. I know. It's like very... Yeah. Very wow. So she's getting this letter. It's taken a good two... Minimum two weeks to get to her. Plus the time it's going to take him to get home. And then I was like, she doesn't know the it's exact... Like the exact day that she that he's going to get home. No, because they could only ballpark it. And then I was like, God, imagine that. You're like, I know he's going to be home at some point this month or this week. And then you don't know. And they walk in the door. And it's like, you don't have texting all day. You don't have these things. So, of course, love lasted. Of course, marriages were. Yeah, because it was not a casual thing. It wasn't casual. You couldn't swipe left and then find somebody new. Dip in and dip out. No. And I think, you know, I think about it a lot. I have a couple of friends who don't text their husbands during the day. Because they like to save the conversation for the evening. And I really appreciate that. Mm. Ryan wasn't like that. He liked to be in constant communication. And which I thought was very sweet. Mm. And I was happy to be a part of. And that he needed that. So I, I was happy to give that to him. But I love the idea of, okay, see you. And then at night we catch up. And so that it's special, yes. so that it's not casual, so that we don't take it for granted. For granted, and I think that's the thing is that if someone, if you just got access to somebody all the time, it's just like a freaking free for all. All the One time. One of my best friends was just sharing with me that his wife walks around the house naked, and he hates it because then when he goes to have sex with her, it's not exciting. Oh my god! Isn't that interesting? The other week, I was thinking about that too. I was like, okay. I think that maybe in the future, I might not just, because I'm like a very happy naked person. Me too, yeah. Things are just flying everywhere. <laughs> naked in the window oh, when you look up at the house. 24-7. And I was like, Surprise, I Surprise, we're not nude right now. Ne- <laughs> oh my God, let's do a nude potty. <laughs> let's do a nude Oh my God, pod. let's do a nude pod. That would be very iconic. Um, <gasps> so I was thinking like, the next time I entertain a man in my life... <laughs> I'm going to keep things covered up. And then yeah. so every time I undress, it's like a big reveal. Men like and to s- unwrap gifts. Instead of... Love that. Yeah. Birthday theme. And women. Women so like just, to unwrap gifts too. Women more than men, I think. Um, so I'm just... Instead of my big gazungas just flobber-dobbing all over the place. Yeah. Just and giving them just, a preview. Me just fucking slithering about the place. <laughs> Slipping and sliding all over. And I am, let me tell you. <laughs> I am going to keep it wrapped up, dry as a bone, 
No, not dry as a bone, but just secretly. <laughs> I'm just trying to make a <laughs> comparison to the slip So it's like, oh, never mind. Is it dry? Is it dry as a bone? Maybe not. Maybe not. Is it you don't know. A juicy surprise. Maybe you don't know. Like, Woo, we're gonna find out. <laughs> exactly. And that's how I want my life to be. We're not talking all day. I'm not flobberdobbing my tits around. No. It's private. And you will it's contained. Not, yeah, you will really appreciate it when it is given. Do you pee in front of Will? No. Okay. We have a rule. Okay. Doors closed. Bathroom stuff always. I told him, never are we allowed to have a door open for anything like that. Okay, so I love that. So Because I'm old-fashioned that way. I yeah. truly believe there needs to be separation. I think the key to a happy marriage is separate bathrooms. Well, then maybe even bedrooms, actually. <laughs> I, I love that. He said no. He shut that down really quick, but I did try it. No, you have. You, you have. <laughs> I recommended separate houses because we have different, we have different design taste. I, I, I actually recommended me living in Scotland and him living here, but he's not going for it. The most I can get is door closed when we're peeing. Well, that's something. <laughs> we'll start, like I'll take that. it to start. I've always like peed in front of people and been fine peeing whatever, whatever. I have but, too, but there's something about the romantic no, I relationship. I completely agree. And I think even towards the end with Ryan and in that last sort of, in quarantine, when things were just on top of each other all, all of the time. Yeah, quarantine was it tough It crossed people. my mind in that way. And I started closing the door all the time when I peed. Because I was like, there's no... Um, like boundaries is as we were just like yeah. gross like you've got a beard and your hair is crazy and like, <laughs> like a bush and I'm just like probably fat and I'm just like I, this is terrible uh, you know I'm crying every night a struggle for a lot of couples during quarantine <laughs> like I'm coloring like a five year old you know it's like this is not good <laughs> we're so both having mental breakdowns be, exactly there needs to be something privacy and and I think that some people will really not like that we're saying that and I get that. For it's a very old-fashioned way. It is very old-fashioned. Feel, yeah. I like separate bedrooms. Me too. I would in the crown. I love of, when they have separate yeah, bedrooms in the crown. Nine out of ten times, I would sleep in the same room. But in the summer, frequently, I would sleep on the couch. Well, that's I don't the want concept. To be touched. I don't want to be. I don't. I'm hot. I don't want to be touched. So ideally, I for want me, to go to bed and rest. Separate rooms, and I can't rest when I'm no. cuddling. Don't cuddle me. Don't touch me. I don't want to shower with you. Yeah, Please. we don't we don't cuddle at night in the bed, and I have a we have a huge king bed so that there's yeah. room. Yeah, because once all that is done, I want my book, hundred percent. My don't even look at crystal me. lamp and yeah. my my own self. Don't even look at me. Like ideally, there'd be a limo window. You just press one. <laughs> the limo window. Went Maybe out. you and I should get together and get married. I mean. Well, if things don't it sounds like it would well, work. This is I have this conversation with every one of my girlfriends. Oh, great! So you're so, cheating on me. I'm sorry. I'm already cheating, cheating on me on already. You. Yeah, yeah. I'm all actually. I'm cheating on the last champagne. girlfriend. I said that I wasn't going to. That I was going to marry. So you tell all your girlfriends if it doesn't work out with their men that you're there. No, I just think it's a great plan. It is. Slip, you have a like they say in Romeo and Michelle. Swear to God, sometimes I wish I were a lesbian. Do you want to try and have sex sometimes to see if we are? <laughs> What? Yeah, right, Michelle. Just the thought of having sex with another woman creeps me out. But if we're not married by the time we're 30, ask me again. Okay. <laughs> I just think it's, for me, I love a companion. And you know how uh, artists love to have a muse? 
Yes. Well, that's me. I've got to have a muse. I like it. I like to have a man around. I like to look at them. They're sexy. I like to fuck them. I like to hear them talk. I like to be in a fight sometimes. Mm -hmm. I like to cook dinner together. I like to just do boring things together. Like, let's go and get some groceries. It's nicer with somebody else. Mm -hmm. Do you want to go for a walk and talk about sweet nothings? Yeah, sounds great. I love companionship. I do too. And... But here's the thing. I also love being able to get away when I want to. Exactly. <laughs> I am somebody, and I'm realizing this more and more and more and more, and especially through my grief and figuring out, out all my new boundaries, all of that. I need alone time. Me like, too. I need fucking air and water. Me too. And when I have alone time, I'll I I'll give am, you everything. Oh, my God, I'll give you everything. If I you the, get in the way of my alone time, I can't stay with you. But if you give mm-hmm. me that freedom, that's it's, how you are too. You will get the best of me. Yeah, exactly. Every time I come to you and I go, oh, I've got all these great ideas. I've done this thing, the whole merch thing, everything, all of that, all the designs. I'd gone that day and spent the entire day alone just following. I went on a path here. I went to lunch here. I went to this thing. Just followed mm. my instincts and wandered around and oh, had a beautiful that day. Oh, so wonderful. You had a date with yourself. I had a date with myself and I try and do that a lot now. I mean, obviously, because I uh, don't have a choice. <laughs> You're completely alone in the world. <laughs> no, you're not. Um, you no, no, no. I'm absolutely not. No, I'm not alone in the slightest. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, you know, obviously now I don't have a husband. Right. So, and Ryan liked to be in constant communication. I couldn't go a day on my own mm-hmm. unless I had pre-planned it with him. And even then, it was very hard for him. So yeah, that's this a very is a tricky new... thing in my relationship right now. Okay. Yeah. So I think it's a thing. I think that some people need tons of communication. Yes. And to be with people all the time. Some people need to be alone. I, I came back from that alone day and I had all of these great ideas. I set up our store. I had all of these design ideas. And I, instead of feeling manic mm-hmm. and like tired by the experience, I was energized, happy. And it was in direct correlation with the fact that I'd spent the day in quiet alone. Yeah. And it taught me a huge lesson. And that's why I've started turning my phone off and not turning it on until I've given myself that little date with me in the morning, my little tea date I have yeah. with myself and my journal. And then I'm great. And when I had that terrible day yesterday, I genuinely think if this had been any other time in my life, I would have had a fucking mental breakdown. I had a shit day yesterday, you guys. Literally everything that could have gone. And I started it. No, it wasn't your fault. You didn't start (laughs) it. It opened with me. It opened with Lucy. And it it was just from the moment from 8 a.m. until 4.30 p.m. It was like every single one of my boundaries was crossed, which wasn't you. Every (laughs) every thing, Every button was pushed. And somehow I didn't cry. I didn't freak out. And I think these lessons that I've learned... She just sent a dead horse's head to my house. To, no, oh, come on. No, I didn't. I sent, I sent you a text message that was very direct because I had centered myself. I wasn't in some dizzy space. No. Um, and I think that that's why I was able to get through the day. And one of the most beautiful lessons that Ryan and Max have given me through all of this is... I mean, there have been so many, but this is a big one is alone time and and setting that time for myself is 
making me the absolute best version of myself. And I don't think without this loss and solitude, I could have ever become the person I am becoming. You know, hmm. I'm, I feel the strongest, the most powerful, the most um, grounded, centered, empowered, kindest, calmest version of myself that I've ever been in my life. And I wish it hadn't taken this. I know. To get me to that place. I know. Uh, and it's fascinating that, as I've shared on the pod before, when Ryan did come through to me after mm. he passed in the seance that I mentioned, mm -hmm. that's exactly what he said. Mm -hmm. He said part of what's happened with me leaving is that I had to. It, it, that is so hard for me to, to grapple with, but... I'm not the only person in Ryan's life that is having this experience. People as close to him as me, family, friends, are all having this experience with Ryan, where the lessons that he's left us with and the lessons he continues to teach us mm -hmm. could never have been learned any other way. No. And it's really hard for me to understand that and get my head around That's it. That's the beauty in death. Mm. I know that's a tricky no, thing to say. It's very tricky. And it's hard to even talk about. Anyone who's going through death goes, well, fuck you. You don't tell me how to feel. And everyone grieves differently. Everyone grieves yeah. differently. But there is beauty in the process. You really there just can, is. In the face of something that feels as though it was designed to destroy you, you can become the best version of yourself. Yeah. Um, but the, what got us to this is that that mindset, I think that has taken this to get me to this place. Genuinely, I believe that during the time that your great-grandfather was alive and these marriages and this yeah. life and this whole thing was happening, this was much more people's way of being. Yes. The solitude, the meditative practice of taking the hen's eggs out of the roost. Yes. Um, Getting up when the sun rises, before the sunrise, honey. going to sleep when the sun sets. Our bodies are hooked into nature and we have removed all that yeah man's divorce from nature is one of i personally believe the biggest catastrophes in, in human existence it's it's the root of all our disease yeah all of our anxiety all of our mental issues i wanted to say when you said imagine love a long time ago it would have been so different from now mm. i released a song that is on spotify called 1882 go stream it baby and it's about that very thing I need to listen to that. I haven't heard that one. Well, here it is. You and me in London town Years ago snow falling down Cathedral bells the only sound And we're in love You sew the cloaks the kings all wear You save the scraps and they don't care Bring them home to me, you're made and fair And we dress up such a mad thought it is a mad thought it i wish that i could i wish for that life i yearn for that life i know you do too that's where you came from in the shire in england mm. do you feel you can 
create some semblance of it. I do. Yeah. And that's how I grew up too. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Our generation, yeah. we didn't have cell phones. No, we didn't have any of the We shit. didn't have any social media. We mm. didn't have internet. I was like 12, 13 when the first people were getting cell phones that were like accessible to kids and affordable. Can I ask you, when you're this, okay, so I can only watch like three episodes of a show because otherwise I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. So you're in this world with your book. I'm really excited at you guys. I know I keep mentioning it. I am officially talking about it. Yes, my TV show is a book that I will publish as well as the show. What's going to come first? The show. Okay. Are you just there constantly in your mind? Constantly. And I'm in the thick of it. As you know, I've been in daily writing sessions. Yeah. Long ass days, but it's so thrilling to me that I could do it forever. I am having the time of my life. And the best part about it is that for years, people have talked me out of it. Who? Give me their addresses. I just want to talk to them. Yeah, I'll explain this. If you're not in the entertainment industry, here's what happens. So anytime you watch the Oscars, anyone who wins an Oscar, any director, writer, whoever gets up on that podium says most times... This project has been 10 years in the making. This project has been 15 years in the making. You hear it over and over again. I've been working on this project since I was 16. Oh my fucking God. That's when my grandmother gave me these letters. So a year ago. So a year ago. So you've got like this wad of World War II letters. Yeah, 63 of them. They're absolutely incredible. Not only do I have that... But I have other family artifacts. I have my great-grandfather's suicide note. What? He hung himself in the barn. Yeah. I think about it so much. Don't know why I just do. He was a gambler. Mm-hmm. I've talked about it, haven't I? I know. You've I'm talked about it. I'm repeating myself. No, no. Sorry. It's good. No, you have to give it context. That's fine. And I have my... I have a German helmet that my grandfather took from the beach in Normandy. Whoa. Fuck me. It's, it's got a swastika on it. No. Oh. It's a green... Helmet. I'll, I'll post a picture of it so you guys can see it. He took it from the beach. And I posted a picture of it on social media. And I just said my grandfather's helmet from World War II. And the reason I know it's German is because I got a ton of comments going, why do you have a German helmet? And wow. I went, oh, okay. Because I didn't know if it really was yeah. German. Because I had been told that he took it from a dead German's body on the beach in Normandy. Like taking a head. Yes. So I have all these artifacts in my house. Wow. Because I'm this crazy family historian. I've always been collecting, collecting stories, interviewing my relatives, just collecting stories and never knowing what I was going to do with it all, but knowing that I I was going to do something. Mm Mm-hmm. Right before quarantine, I went to coffee with this Indian filmmaker named Aditya Patwardhan. I'm a big fan of his work, and I'm an actress, so I'm always checking in with directors just Mm. to say hello and keep in touch. We went to coffee, and we got to talking, and he has some family letters as well. So we just geeked out over this, and we decided to start writing together. So since January of 2020, three days a week, we have met without fail Mm. and written. Even when I was in England, we Mm -hmm. would FaceTime. Mm -hmm. All it started out with were these letters and an experience in my own life that I knew I wanted to use, which was my abortion. Mm. Other than that, we created everything based on true events. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say I got talked out of it a lot was because, for instance... Three years ago, I went to lunch with a writer friend of mine, and I said, 
I want to make this show. Mm -hmm. And he said, he meant well. Yeah. He said, uh, you've never sold a show before. Your first show, it needs to be on something that you know really well. And that is being a rock star daughter. So why don't we create a show about you and your rock star dad and we'll make it a comedy. And I allowed him to talk me out of it. I went into fear. I yeah. thought, oh God, maybe he's right. Who am I? Who am I to sell a show, an epic World <sighs> War II show? And I went on this selling pitch with this show about my dad and it was very funny but now I'm in a different place with myself and I will not be talked out of what I know I want to do this is the story actually that I know best this is in my heart and soul it's so healing I'm understanding so much about myself in connecting with my family members that I've never from a hundred years ago is it giving you a longing feeling of wanting to know them and meet them does it make you sad no it, at all? I feel like I do know them okay I'm spending time with yeah. them and the reason that I'm a storyteller and an actor is because I'm obsessed with taking people that are in the shadows mm. average lives quote unquote yeah. people that never accomplished anything quote unquote pulling them out of the shadows shining the light on them and telling their story, giving mm. them a voice. So my grandfather, who committed suicide in 1940 mm. because he owed money, he had gambled the farm away in a card game. Yeah. And his suicide letter says, sell the farm and take the money and go to Florida and live as happy as you can, but come back and lay next to me and little Harold. Oh. Now, little Harold was my seven-year-old great-great-uncle. He died at school. He was hit in the head with a swing. No. By another boy who was on the swing set. The boy was teasing him. He ran in front of the swings, and he got hit on that mastoid bone in the back of your head. Oh, no. And he lived for a week, and my grandmother was 17 at the time. It was her favorite brother. They sang together all the mm. time. They had a shared bed in the attic in the family farmhouse, and they would sing all night. And he lived for about a week, and he died. And he sang as he was dying. No. He sang Tiptoe Through the Tulips. Oh, my God. I have two newspaper clippings of his death, and even the nurses at the hospital said that he died singing. God, that is so beautiful. So it's things like that that means so much to me yeah. to pull these people yeah. out of the shadows. He yeah. died in 1929. Little Harold did. Imagine if he knew mm. that a hundred years later, I would be yeah. bringing his voice, his life to a screen. Mm. Oh, that's so fucking cool. I can't wait. I can't wait to share the good news with you all about where it, where it ends up. Okay, so you have, like, a big meeting next week about it. Yes. With a very huge, <laughs> big person. So the person, one of the biggest producers in the whole business, has been my vision from the beginning. Yeah. What do you want from him? Executive producer. Okay, is he going to be in it? No. Okay. Unless he wants to be. Yeah. <laughs> the only role he can't play is mine. Yeah. <laughs> and... He said yes to a meeting. Yeah. Wow. God. I just love how it feels so right to you and so natural. And you're just, this is what I was kind of saying before is that I feel like when you're in that right space with what you're meant to be doing, 
you feel calm, you feel centered, you feel energized. We know that you have to get the bills paid and we know that you just have to get on with life. You yeah. know, it's like, it's not all fucking self-help and sunshine and daisies and it feels not. right. Like we're not saying- No, we're not saying- Any of that. What we're saying is when you have that passion thing, whether it's going to work at a fucking Amazon warehouse because you get to see your kid at the end of the day mm-hmm. or your fucking wife gets to do what she wants to do or your fucking dog gets the food that's nice or whatever it is that gets you motivated and puts you in that bliss space while you're at work so you can cruise through it and feel energized and not depleted by it. Like, wow, that is the zone I'm trying to be in. And even when I was doing my like shitty jobs before this, the last one I took when I got my work permit because I wasn't able to work for 18 months while I was here. God, that must have and been so tough. It was so fucking irritating. Um, and I made a promise to myself. When I go back to work, I know I'm going to have to get like a shitty job. But the shitty job I'm going to get is going to be in keeping with what my tastes and interests are. And it's going to be with people who I feel are good people. I'm not just going to take the first thing that comes my way, which is what I've always done before. And yeah. I've always ended up getting fired or quitting or doing poorly at the job. I found a shop I wanted to work at that was had the things in it that I was interested in with women I believe to be lovely people. And it changed the trajectory of my day job mindset. Like you with your studio mm-hmm. and your teaching that you do. Isn't it funny the things that like, I've got friends that fucking, who are songwriters that will go and work at, do like brunch shifts at restaurants and just make 600 bucks in tips and they love it. They're energized by it. They yeah, love the social interaction. It works for it. some people. It works for some people. Like some, my one of my family members is a Lyft driver. He loves it. Mm-hmm. There are people that couldn't do the job that I did in the shop. They would be bored out of their fucking Everyone's minds. different. Everyone's different. Yeah, so I really, and it's what you're, how do you say it? Oh, oh you're, your the, you're the master of your tasks. You're the, mas- being you're the master of your life. Mm-hmm. So you get to choose. Even something as menial as a day job to pay the bills. You can disagree with me all you want and say, you just don't understand. My life is, isn't as easy as yours. Or I have to do this or I have to do that. And I get that. But I'm also a firm believer in standing up for what works for you. I think that's the self-awareness thing. I think that's like an emotional intelligence thing. It it's it's about knowing yourself, knowing what you're capable of, knowing what you can commit to. Yes. Not over, over expecting of yourself. yourself, overextending yourself, all of those things. But we know that we are from coming from a massive um, place of privilege. But also the reason that Lucy and I connected initially is because we have had a very different situation than a lot of other Rockstar kids. No, and I've always stru- I've always um, had that judgment in my life of people looking at me and thinking that I have everything handed to me, and they really underestimate you. Yeah, they really do. do. Yeah. They really do. They think you have a ton of money. They think that you've had everything handed to you. They think that you have no problems. And it, just be smart. Have more humanity than that. <laughs> Honestly, well, be I know, smart about just, it. It you is a, never yeah. no. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't care what someone's life looks like on the outside. Yeah. People are human. Yeah. You can look at anyone else and think that they've had it easy. Mm. Well, everyone's always going to have had things easier or, or harder than you. Someone's looking at you thinking that you've had it easy. And vice versa. You know, it's, it's the grass is always greener. But yeah. me and my sister Sarah laugh now so much because 
we like to joke that we have trust funds and that we're trust fund babies because we have a trust now because the estate turned into trust and we get like such a nominal amount of money from it every year but I love it when I get my little email I'm like oh my trust fund just (laughs) just came in I'm like I'm like let me pay for this sandwich with my trust fund (laughs) Like, I I love now, oh. after the life I've had, of just being like, my fucking dad gave me jack shit, that piece of shit. <laughs> like, now I love to tell people I have a trust fund. That's amazing. Just because I'm just like, yeah, you think I have a trust fund? Well, I do. Rolls off the top. Yeah. <laughs> it's what I deserve, Lucy. Yeah. So happy birthday, Annabelle. <laughs> birthday girl. Enjoy I'm, I'm gonna the be beach. 33. Please post lots of pictures for everybody to see from your beautiful beach party. It sounds like it's going to be stunning it's gonna be nice and even if it the thing i love about the beach is even if it's cold i still like it yeah so if it's sunny i'll like it i'll be wearing a bikini if it's not i'll be wearing a hoodie and i'll be cozy in my little area yep so that's good i'm looking forward to it happy birthday may your year ahead be overflowing with all things beautiful and delicious thank you i I love love you you. (laughs) jinx you owe me a coke (laughs) Well, I've been afraid of changing Cause I've built my life around you But time made you bolder Even children get older And I'm getting older too